You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the beautiful metropolis of Orlando, Florida. That's right, just a a hop, skip, and a jump away from the Magic Kingdom. That's where Mickey Mouse lives. I don't know if you know that. That's where he lives. Um, Thanks for listening. This is episode 67, and we're going to ask a very important question. Uh, Was God unjust when he asked Abraham to kill his son, Isaac? Very important question to answer. If you're not familiar with the story, you can read about it in Genesis chapter 22. Abraham, one of the the patriarchs of the the nation of Israel, uh, has a son, Isaac. Side note, at this point in time, Isaac is probably a teenager. I think sometimes we think he was a baby. He uh, he was not a baby. He was a teenager. Uh, And so one day, God comes to Abraham and he tells him to kill his son, Isaac, to take him up the mountain and to uh, give and sacrifice him to the Lord as a burnt offering. Now, Abraham loves his son desperately. I can imagine the the turmoil that he's feeling and the frustration and all the emotions. But Abraham obeys God, takes his son up, ties him up. He's about to kill him. And then God stops him and says, no, no, don't do it. Uh, And then he says, look over. There's a ram in the thicket. Uh, Pull that out. I want you to kill uh, kill that ram instead of killing your son. And a lot of preachers, when they're teaching this, talk about how this was a test for Abraham's faith. And that is definitely one of the lessons we can pull away. But there's a much grander lesson that we can pull away from Genesis 22 that I'm going to cover at the end of this episode. But before I do that, uh, let me just address the fact that this passage of Scripture seems to baffle many people, uh, particularly people who are hostile toward the gospel or atheists or, or biblical skeptics. And they look at this passage and they say, God is so unjust. God is so immoral. How can God have done that? Now, this isn't the only time that, that God asked people to do something in the Old Testament that seems immoral or unjust to us as humans. There are all sorts of things uh, like this in the Old Testament that lead us to kind of have these questions. But I have to be honest, with all due respect to anyone who's wrestling through this kind of question, this sort of question is always rooted in an extremely low view of God and in an overly exalted view of human beings. Remember, human beings, we don't deserve to live, okay? Like, we have all sinned against a holy God, all of us, and all of us deserve the full wrath of God. We deserve to die and be separated from God forever. God is not treating Isaac unfairly in this passage. Isaac is a sinner, just like I'm a sinner, just like you're a sinner, and Isaac deserved to die. The prophet Ezekiel says this in 1820, the soul that sins will die. Like each person is a sinner, therefore each person deserves to die. So if God decrees that we die, he is being just. He's not being immoral or wrong. This is justice being served. In addition to that, God has the right to decree the death of any person anytime he wants, and God has the right to orchestrate the lives of his creation in whatever way he sees fit, because he's God, right? He can do whatever he wants to do. If you get mad at God for asking Abraham to kill Isaac, what you're doing is being frustrated with God because you feel like God owes Isaac life. Like if you believe that Isaac is entitled to live a full 70, 80, or 90 years on planet earth, then you would get mad at God for, for having Abraham cut his life short. But here's the reality. Like 
God doesn't owe anyone anything. God doesn't owe Isaac life. Like, Isaac is not entitled to living a long life on planet Earth. If God decreed to have Isaac die as a teenager, that is God's prerogative. God can do whatever he wants. He doesn't owe us anything. This is what I mean by having an, an overly exalted view of humans. You believe humans are more valuable than what they really are, and that's why you get mad at God. But it's also rooted in a low view of God. Like, not embracing that God is allowed to do whatever he wants, in my opinion, is having a low view of God. Now, as we examine the scripture, we see over and over again that God is both fiercely committed to justice, but he is simultaneously fiercely committed to both grace and mercy. So over and over and over again, we see sinners that should be killed by God, but are not because of his mercy. You see, every minute that you breathe breath on planet Earth is a minute that you don't deserve. Every minute that I live on planet Earth is a minute that I should have been dead. Every breath I breathe, I only breathe it because God has allowed me to live. You see, it is God's mercy that we don't get what we deserve the minute we deserve it. It is the grace of God on our lives that he doesn't kill a sinner the very moment they deserve to be killed. Like the moment you sin, the very moment that you first rebelled against the holy God, God should have struck you dead right there and separated from you from separated you from himself for all of eternity. Like God should have done that because that would be full justice. But he did not do that because God is a God of incredible grace and incredible mercy. Another thing we must remember is the purpose for which humans were created. Human beings were created for the sole purpose of reflecting God and bringing him pleasure. I talked about this extensively back in episode 58. Revelation chapter 4 tells us that we were made for God's pleasure for no other reason. And if God sees fit to do something because he believes it will bring him more glory and more pleasure, that is his prerogative. If God was of the opinion that having Abraham kill Isaac would somehow bring him more glory or more pleasure, then God is entitled to doing that. It's God's prerogative. It's his opinion. He is the creator. We are the created beings. Now, there are definitely moments where God does things that don't make sense to us, that we don't see how God could get more glory out of that. But that's not, again, that's not his problem. It's our issue. And if God does something that we don't understand, or if God does something that we think is not good, it is not God's behavior that is wrong. It is our understanding that is off. But understanding that we were created for the glory and pleasure of God helps us to really rec uh, reconcile some of the questions that we have in scripture. Furthermore, last point, and I want to hit this hard. The whole point of the story is missed when you ask that question. The point of the story is the ending. When people attack God, they're missing the entire point. The point of the story is that God provided the animal that would be sacrificed. See, Isaac was a sinner. Isaac deserved death. God decreed his death because of his justice. God said, Isaac must die. He decreed that, and he, and he commanded Abraham to carry out his decree. But then God intervenes and God provides the stand-in. He provides the substitute to stand in Isaac's place. This is a foreshadowing of the cross. 
God orchestrates the events of Abraham and Isaac's life to shout to us what he is doing on our behalf. This story is not about Abraham and Isaac. Yeah, I mean, they they are the characters in this narrative, but they're not the main characters in the story. In the story, we are Isaac. We are the ones about to get killed, rightfully so. And the sacrifice, the animal that is given to be sacrificed on our behalf is Jesus. This story shouts to us the gospel message. Instead of allowing us to suffer the consequences of our own sin, God steps in and he provides the substitute. His name is Jesus. So instead of getting mad at God and thinking he's immoral for this, you should be asking yourself about the mercy of God. Instead of asking God why he asked Abraham to kill Isaac, we should be asking ourselves, have I trusted in Jesus to be my substitute? That, my friends, is a much more important question. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope this has been helpful and insightful. If you'd like to connect with me, the best way to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Also, quick reminder, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio, and every podcast app for Android. Look us up, hit the subscribe button. That would be a big help to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like to have answered on the podcast, shoot me an email. It's heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. It's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm a sailor!